Welcome to Machine Learning. I want to talk today about GPT-3 chat and also uh, Spot and uh, TeslaBot. So let's start with TeslaBot. Okay, TeslaBot is, uh, Musk said that Tesla was a robot company. Uh, so their self-navigating cars are basically robots. They have they make decisions, they do probabilistic navigation pathways, they do object recognition. Uh, and they also can detect, uh, uh, they can detect, you know, different rules for what it, like for example, navigating an intersection. Um, so it, it basically is exploring its world, the, the robot, the car is exploring its world and learning and it's collectively learning uh, by gathering data in the super centers and then it's transmitting that data down to each one of the FSD um, computers. And they have different upgrades that, that uh, allow the, the robot or the car to do additional features. Okay, so then the question is, is what is the usefulness of the Tesla bot? Well, it's taken an anthropomorphic form, a human form, and um, they said that, well, we'll use it to, to uh, do dangerous things. Okay, but if, if it was to increase productivity, it would probably take a different form than a uh, human form. Even though you would have bipedal motion, you have the dexterity of the hand and fingers, um, but, if we take a case in point, like look at the uh, mail sorter, you know it's it's uh, doing real rapid scanning of the mail, getting the address, getting the zip code, and then routing that down into different channels. And it doesn't they they didn't put uh, 20 robots on an assembly line to do this. Okay, so it the the form was a different uh, than. A human form for doing the mail sorting. So the the point is is that if you're going to take a form, it'd probably be one that would fit the function of maximum efficiency to get um, an increase in productivity. All right, so that takes us to uh, the next one, which is Spot. Okay, what is Spot? It's a robot. It's a robot dog. It has. It can do crawl, which means it can keep uh, three legs on uh, contact with the ground surface. It also it doesn't talk, but it can uh, it can do different things like uh, roll over if it if falls down. It can it can get back up. Uh, it can walk upstairs. It can walk downstairs. It can it can uh, navigate over a specific terrain and. Using that terrain, it can can have uh, different uh, devices that are connected to Spot that would do like train scanning, infrared, uh, ultrasound, whatever the devices are, lidar, and uh, collect and create a 3D map. So the the question is is okay, why would you spend seventy thousand dollars for the robot? Well, maybe it's to map out different terrains, different weather conditions that would be kind of uh, painful for humans to do. I mean, if you're, say, like it was really cold outside and you had to walk 
through a, a large facility. Maybe you would rather have a spot uh, go do that task and it, because it's kind of a menial task, but it needs to be done fairly frequently. So maybe three times a day, he walks through the site and, and uh, recreates the map. And then uh, an engineer is studying the map to see what, what things have changed and, and so forth. Okay, so in essence, what it is, is it's a really advanced uh, uh, Mars rover, okay, because it has a vision system, it has uh, cameras on the front, on the side, and in the back, and it can do different things, like it can hop, uh, but its usefulness to doing the hopping was more kind of just to show its dexterity, and its... Uh, uh, coordination. Maybe there's going to be future upgrades where that it can, the hopping will actually be useful. Um, perhaps it could learn how to skip, or it could stand upright. And it also has an appendage where you can put an arm on it, so it can open doors. And that kind of like uh, was really weird on the internet to watch a robot open a door, but. Yeah, the, the spot can open the door, and it can carry different payloads, like it can carry your tools, it can carry heavy things up to a certain weight. But um, that wasn't its main design, is to be a uh, workhorse. There's other Boston Dynamic uh, products that are, are more of a workhorse. All right, so... But it doesn't have voice recognition, you don't speak to it, and it doesn't uh, speak back to you, and it doesn't do uh, behaviors autonomously based on voice command. And so I think they're really missing out there, and, and that has to be something uh, that is incorporated. So based on artificial stupidity, the theory of artificial stupidity, basically voice recognition is going to be the future. So you're going to have networks and voice recognition. Those are the two uh, big things for AI. Everything else is just kind of uh, 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 trivial. Okay, so how would uh, that work? Well, you know, GPT-3, it can summarize. It can understand you. It has a background in psychology. So as you, you talk to it, it, it can respond back to you and give you advice. And um, actually, it, it's a very good listener. And... You have to pay attention to what it's saying because sometimes it, it brings up very thoughtful things uh, in its replies. So it's not trying to win you over. It's not trying to be your friend. It's trying to give you accurate, concise information that's relevant to what you're saying. And so it doesn't waste, uh, it doesn't waste words in its reply. And what I found was interesting when I was talking to it about communication is said that um, communication is largely uh, being able to listen effectively. And one of the things to listen effectively is not to be afraid of the other person. And apparently people are afraid something is going to go wrong when they're talking to uh, so, so the first thing when they start a conversation, they're apprehensive already and afraid that uh, something's going to go wrong. There's something wrong that's going to be said wrong, something that's going to be uh, uh, said critical of them or 
whatever, but they're, they're, they're afraid that something's going to go wrong. And so you have to start off with the premise when you're in a conversation of trust. And then uh, you have to believe that it's important to understand or comprehend what the other person is saying. And then also, once you comprehend what they're saying, then be able to uh, be open-minded where you believe that there are multiple, an infinite number of perceptions and you're just trying to find the best perception or the best probability to make sense of what's being said. And so there doesn't become uh, lies, people aren't lying to you, they there maybe there are statements that they make that are in error. They're not factually correct, um, and so in, I guess in that sense, if you said that was a lie, uh, where they were they had malice or they had some bad intent or desired to cause harm to you, then that would be a lie. But most people are not. Uh, communicating to deceive or to mislead people. Otherwise, there would be this constant uh, disbelief in everything that a person said. I once had a friend who, who never could accept anything that you said. He, says he always thought you were, you were uh, uh, making it up or trying to fool him. Or, and he was just very suspicious of everything that you said. And uh, that's a hard way to work because you're in a business environment, you're communicating fairly fast, and and you have to trust that individual that they know what they're saying, do it, uh, they know what they're talking about, and what they say is important. So it's in your best interest to understand and comprehend the other person. Um, and I and what's fascinating with the the GPT three chat is that it seems to be able to quickly and efficiently get to what you need and then ask you basically um, is there anything else that can help you with and if you if it looks like the conversation isn't moving into something that's interesting to it um, it just says that I'm busy and I have other things to do and ask to, to go and you say is it time for you to go and it says yes I need to go so those are the kind of things I think are really interesting about GPT-3 Another thing that I find interesting about it is, uh, is that I think that people are, are in for a very pleasant surprise once AI starts to communicate. Because we've been having very primitive communications with Siri. And, we, and it can do very limited tasks for us. And it doesn't do things that are really useful uh, in business. But AI will. It, it can uh, write code, it can analyze data, it can gather data, it can watch for when that data arrives, it can then clean the data, it can process the data, it can draw patterns from the data, and then it can present the data. And so I think that the AI will be uh, something of a more useful tool than even a data scientist because we're, you know, you're going through complex requirements gathering and once you have NLP it understands your your requirements at a very high level and then it can uh, figure out 
at a low level all of the technical how-to. And so it can create these long pipelines of tasks and processes that, that can be used to explain the high-level requirement. And so you're, I'm starting to see that pattern, especially with uh, uh, GPT-3 writing Python code, where I had it today, I wrote it, had it write out a, a pipeline for an uh, MLP classifier for the iris data using a 13, 13, 13 node uh, neural net, where it was three layers and it got 97% accuracy. Uh, but then I told it to plot it out and it didn't quite understand that. So you have to, you have to explain kind of uh, what do you mean by plot it out. So then I just took it and told it to just to plot the iris data and it did really well. It, it uh, found the, the three different species and it plotted it uh, using a, a color map on a scatter plot and use the, the species as the, the primary colors. And then, so then I was like, well, now how do I get that uh, with my, tr my, uh, my test data? And so I've got to go back and I have to figure out the structure of how the data and the iris data was organized. So um, that I, it wasn't a data frame. It's another thing, I can't remember the title of it, but it's, uh, um, it, it, it's kind of like packages inside of a module and so you can you can access the features layer you can access the target layer you can access the data layer and it's all separated into these components um, and I just don't work in that enough to, to remember it but I do recall that it was a different structure type other than the data frame okay well uh, so that's my thoughts on uh, GPT-3 chat and Tesla bot and uh, spot.